Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Weird Animal Facts Explicit. Before we get started on this week's podcast, I need to let all of you die-hard weirdos out there know that after this episode, the next new episode won't air until July, meaning that you now have plenty of time to catch up on all of your old favorites, and it will give you some time to think about any other animal that you'd like me to cover uh, once we start back up again. And once we do return back in July, we'll just jump right into some true American animals of the wild, wild west. So be sure to tune in. But for now, sit back and relax as we learn about two very weird animals. My name is Deidre, and throughout my zookeeping career, I have worked with many animals and have learned about some of the wonderfully weird ways of many of them and over time have fallen in love with some true oddballs. My younger self would be confused with my uh, current choices of favorites as the cheetah and cats were all the rave of my youth. But over time, I found big cats to be overrated and the real gold comes from reptiles and birds. But don't worry if you're not a big reptile fan as we aren't going to be talking about snakes as many people have a fear of them, which is completely bullshit. We will be learning about a lizard and a bird that is known for eating snakes. Frilled Neck Lizard and Secretary Bird. Both of these two animals have some unusual features that set them apart, and they have long, sexy legs that would make any swimsuit model jealous. Who wouldn't want to have long, tough, scaly legs of protection? Anywho, more on these sexy legs later. For now, let's travel on down under for our first animal. Frilled Neck Lizard. For you Older folks of the audience who remember Jurassic Park, and I'm talking about the 1993 Steven Spielberg with Jeff Goldblum, Samuel Jackson, Wayne Knight version. Not this I don't know how to properly use a clicker trading shit that the new Jurassic World Chris Pratt is forced to do. No, no, I'm talking about the original. And if you are familiar with film and TV of the early 90s, then when you hear and see Wayne Knight, you instantly think Newman. The reason I bring all of this up is because in the original Jurassic Park, during the storm, that Newman character plays that shitty person that Jerry Steinfeld always suspected him to be. Anywho. And after Newman screws everybody over and tries to escape with some dino embryos, he comes face to face with a dino. That's super cute, but really, it looks remarkably like our first animal of today. Fun fact, the dinosaur that I'm referencing is called the Dil Dilophosaurus. Dilophosaurus. And given Hollywood's unspoken creative freedom, they just decided to add a few extra things to this dinosaur that the fossil records tell us is a bunch of bullshit. Venom is bullshit, and the frilled neck is also bullshit. Now this bullshit comes from the true fact that Dilophosaurus... Dilophosauruses? Sure. They didn't have venom or a frilled neck, but the inspiration for this, no doubt, came from the frilled neck lizard. Disclaimer! The frilled neck lizard does not have or produce venom, nor is it poisonous. End of disclaimer! What the frilled neck lizard does have is a frilled neck. Like, I mean, I think, I think we all could have guessed that. However, the design of this dinosaur puppet, and that's right, they are puppets, none of the CGI shit of today's dinosaurs. That's probably why... The acting was so much better in the originals because those kids actually probably thought that was a real dinosaur that they were looking at. 
Anyways, the design of the dinosaur puppet of the Dilophosaurus most certainly came from the real living animal called the frilled neck lizard. And this is no small lizard. Just like the legs of those supermodels, their bodies are long and thin, reaching lengths of three feet long. These Australian and New Guinea natives, when sitting still and not looking threatened or looking for love, they look more like an anorexic model with frail and fragile bones. They have thin, delicate-looking legs and toes. A long-ass tail that is uh, the epitome of every lizard tail in any art form. And uh, rather than being that cartoon green color of what many people think as of lizards, look at you, 1990 Disney's Rescuers Down Under, the frilled neck lizard is a beautiful camouflage pattern of different shades of brown, white, gray, and even some orange. It's the cutest lizard in all the world. And I suppose I am somewhat biased as I have worked with one, but being able to be face to face with an animal and get to know them and learn about them and understand them, I dare say, even see their soul. But not in a creepy like devil possession way, like you, you just, you see their soul. You see their soul. mean by this are that frilled neck lizards have this amazing white eyes. They aren't very large when compared to the eyes of, uh, I don't know, like an owl or something, but they are amazing. <laughs> Not just because you can get lost in them as easy as uh, you can down that rabbit hole Pinterest, but there is a reason their eyes are so captivating. If you've been using your problem-solving skills or do understand my Jurassic Park reference, or even understand the meaning when I say frilled neck lizard, you can safely assume that this thin, long, sexy lizard pretty much has an umbrella around its neck. We'll talk more about this later, because most of the time this lizard isn't in its full Rihanna mode. Just like that umbrella your mom got you for your birthday 12 years ago, it spends most of its time folded up and out of sight. Because even though a frilled neck lizard can be the same length as a packed up compact umbrella, they don't really want to be seen. These guys rely very heavily on the hopes that no one will see them. Have you ever watched your dog chase a squirrel up a tree? Then once up that tree, that squirrel turns into like a Looney Tunes cartoon character and comically uses its claws to shimmy around the trunk of the tree to stay just out of sight of your dog as your dog annoyingly circles the trunk, barking furiously like, where the fuck is the squirrel? Frilled neck lizards can be uh, little shits too. But unlike that squirrel, this lizard has invisibility. I mean, kind of. If they find that perfect spot, hold still, squint their eyes, they can look just like the bark of a tree. But we want to talk about why their eyes are so beautiful and amazing and captivating. Yes, it's easy for a lizard to spot a barking dog as it chases after it, but even if the dog or whatever predator isn't chasing after it, or maybe it hasn't even spotted it yet, this lizard will use its eyes to watch. With its body completely still, as it uses its long, thin, sharp nails to cling to the creases of the tree bark, the head and eyes will move. This is not like a chameleon, by the way. I feel like I should say that as most people, when you think about lizard eyes, that's like you most certainly think about those wonky independent moving eyes of the chameleon. That's not how the frilled neck lizard's eyes work. And yes, the frilled neck lizard has amazing eyesight, but the chameleons are even better. But we're not talking about the chameleon. 
Let's get back to topic. What makes this lizard so beautiful is how it looks. You know how when you talk in a high-pitched voice and your dog tilts its head at you and your heart just melts an overly amount of cuteness? <laughs> Imagine that same head tilt, but on a lizard. Of course, this lizard isn't trying to hear your squeaking voice better, no. This lizard will tilt its head to see. As a carnivore, the frilled neck lizard is always on the lookout for small invertebrates to eat. But being a reptilian version of the Slender Man, minus the creepiness, they can actually become food themselves for larger animals. After all, they do say that everything in Australia wants to kill you, and I'm sure that's even more true for a long corndog-looking lizard meal. And being that this lizard is not only hunting, but can be hunted, they have their eyes on the side of their head, so that when clinging to the bark of that tree, like a baby koala does its mommy's back, it can see any movement around it. And let me tell you, this lizard is going to be watching harder than any peeping Tom neighbor you have ever had. Not to catch a glimpse of your tits, but to stay alive. Speaking of staying alive, if spotted by a predator or really anything scary, this lizard will perform its namesake. Just like any animal who's about to shit their pants, the frilled neck lizard will try to bluff them into thinking they are way bigger than they actually are making that predator have that same thought anyone who has ever come face to face with a black man's cock before and wonder, why is it so fucking big? How the hell is that going to fit? Resulting in a possibly painful experience for all. We all most likely knew, based on the name alone, that the frilled neck lizard will frill out its neck flap to appear larger. And now we know why. But how? It's just a flap of skin after all. How do they get it up? Does it work like a male's penis? No, not at all. But it does use some of the same parts as we do when given a blowjob. This flap of frill is located on the neck. Think of it like those men who grow out their beards, but only from their chin, and then they connect that to the head on the hair on their head with uh, but they only have you know they have a receding hairline, so it's it's real cool looking. <laughs> Anyways, that's the kind of path where the frill neck is connected to the face. That just like a closed umbrella, the frill will rest calmly down over top the shoulders of the lizard. Ultimately, what you need to know is that the frill is connected to the chin. Now I want you to think about the umbrella and uh, how you open it and how it opens. There is a structure inside the umbrella that, when flexed, causes the umbrella to open. All right, now I want you to feel your neck. Not so hard unless you're into that. And... Um, I want you to feel for your larynx, and that's pretty much your neck. Neck, you're feeling your neck, larynx. Um, as you move your hand up towards your chin, at the top of your larynx is a U-shaped bone called the hyoid, hyoid, hyoid bone. Hyoid. In our body, the hyoid, hyoid, <laughs> in our body, the hyoid bone, boy, <laughs> in our body, the hyoid bone helps to support your tongue. For the frilled neck lizard, it's the hyoid bone that is the key to opening the frill. If you look at the resting frill of this lizard, you'll see what looks to be folds. Running along a couple of these folds is a bone. That same U-shaped hyoid bone we have tucked away inside our throat have, has developed into such a way for this lizard that not only is there still that U-shape to help support their tongue, but like a long, thin 
bone spur has grown mirroring thin bones out from the hyoid that runs down the frill. And to open their frill, all the lizard has to do is open their mouth. Doing so works like when you push on your umbrella and the mechanics work by pushing on each other and the umbrella opens. Fun fact! The frill of the frilled neck lizard is called a dewlap. Dewlap? Yes, it's called a dewlap. And can only be opened when the mouth is open, kind of like when I put on mascara. So basically, a frilled neck lizard is just the animal version of an umbrella. Scientific names are hard. This is the part of the show where I attempt to read the scientific name. And if you've ever listened to this before, or if you've never listened to this before and heard this episode now, you were like, hey, she's ha- she's struggling with some words today. That's not just today, that's every day. So, to make it even more enjoyable for all you people who like to make fun of people who have issues, here is the segment for you. Make fun of me as I attempt to read the Frilled Neck Lizard's scientific name. Shalomondorsaurus? Kingy. Shalomondorsaurus? Kingy. Shalomondorsaurus? Kingy. It's the transition song. From going to one topic to the next. It's the transition song. So that we have no awkward silence. Secretary bird. Before we begin, I would like to describe this bird to you as it is a, it's an unusual one. And unless you are familiar with the occupational fashions of the 1800s, then you won't really know who this bird is named after. All right, let's start with those long legs. They're actually the long legs of a stork. Just throw those on this bird. Next, give it a pair of black capri shorts to make uh, those chicken legs look a bit more robust. Give it a white belly and very light gray wings, but with black tips. Then, an orange fiery eye shadow atop that white porcelain face. Then, let's just stick some long feathery chopsticks into the back of its head. Oh, and then a couple longer ones up its ass. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a secretary bird. If you're sitting there, after having taken in this perfect description of this wondrous bird, and are wondering, what the hell do the secretaries of the 1800s look like? Well, back in the day of Europe, it was the males who were secretaries, as women weren't allowed to do anything but give birth. <laughs> and these male secretaries wore gray, tail coats and their pants or trousers as I'm sure they were called back then came to their knees and they were black. And what good is a secretary without their goose quill pins that must be carried behind the ears? I'm sure it was some rich white dude who was on expedition in Africa who spotted one of these birds and was like, oh look Henry, doesn't that peculiar looking bird look just like that peasant secretary of yours who died of the plague last month? Oh, you're quite right, Rodney. That does look like that little moron. <laughs> Not even death can keep him from trying to regain employment. <laughs> the secretary bird is an odd-looking bird. Even more odd is the fact that it is related to raptors. Not that kind of raptor, but raptors like buzzards, vultures, harriers, and kites. Wait a minute. Did you just say buzzards 
and vultures? Aren't those the same thing? Not in Africa. In Africa, what we Americans recognize as hawks, they call buzzards. So does that mean the secretary bird is from Africa? Yes, and uh, I'm pretty sure I already said that too. Would you pay attention? Sorry, you stopped making all those sex jokes so I'd lost interest. Not everything needs to be about sex. But this bird is sexy. Like the frilled neck lizard, this bird too has a long, sexy figure about it. Especially when it comes to their legs. When we think about raptors, and again we're talking about the birds, not the dinosaurs, they don't have long legs. Hawks and eagles, we think of them soaring high up in the air. Vultures are known for riding the thermals as they search for death. Even owls we associate with stalking through the night sky. These birds don't have long legs because they mostly fly. But what birds, like our secretary bird friend of today, has long legs? And why? Flamingos, cranes, and herons all have those long, sexy legs so to move through and stand above the water to where they are found. So does that mean the secretary bird lives in the water? All right, let's not get ahead of ourselves as uh, as there are other long-legged birds out there that uh, you might have just forgotten, such as the ostrich, Rhea, and the roadrunner. Where the flamingos, cranes, and herons use their long legs to navigate their marshy habitats, ostriches, rayas, and roadrunners use their legs for speed. Perhaps not as fast as the birds listed, but the secretary bird is a runner. Now they can fly, okay? And um, in fact, they do nest in a acacia tree. Fun fact! Do you remember the opening of The Lion King when the sun rises up behind that great, big, beautiful tree landscape? Well, that tree is the tree I'm trying to pronounce. Acacia? Acacia tree. Acacia tree. That's the tree they nest in. So if this weird secretary man-looking bird can fly, why the hell would they want to run? Well, you do remember The Lion King, right? And uh, I'm talking Pride Rock area, not like Scar's reign of it. Okay, that's the Lion King I'm talking about. Um, and if you remember, it was a pretty open space. It wasn't a thick forest, there was lots of open area, and few trees in the horizon and lots of grass. Now the grass, it was not super tall, but if they were in an HOA, they would definitely be fine for not keeping it trimmed. Karen would be very unhappy. This bird can stand around a meter and a half tall. And uh, that's about the size of a 12-year-old child. Maybe a little smaller. Not the tallest bird in the savannah, but that is still tall. And for all of you shorter kids out there, um, having horror flashbacks of your time in school, when you would get lapped by those uh, elevated gifted children on the playground, you will know that long legs can give you speed. And while we're talking about running sports, it was usually the long-legged kids who the coaches somewhat forced into running hurdles. I think I was one of those kids. Those long legs just make it easier to step over shit. With the miles upon miles of grassy areas of Africa, these birds are designed perfectly for spotting and tracking down any critter that's trying to race through the maze of the vegetation. And even though secretary birds are related to raptors, one thing they lack is grip. Well, at least to the strength of uh, like the hawks and eagles, that is. While most raptors kill their prey with their feet, the secretary birds have given their feet the job of running, not murdering. The murder is reserved for their beak. 
And, whew, can this bird murder? No, 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 don't worry. Secretary birds are nowhere near the caliber of the ostrich or cassowary, but if you're a tiny little mouse, lizard, snake, I mean, really anything that crawls in the ground in Africa, watch out. And these birds might not be able to kill a human, but they are as shady and evil as some humans. Just like those assholes you see while you're sitting there in traffic who take advantage of the fact that someone might have died and so they just follow the emergency vehicle up the shoulder of the freeway. Secretary birds will use disasters to their advantage. If there's a fire, they know that the fire will scare away any of the critters that live in those tall grasses. So, what does this tall creepy ass bird do? They just wait for those little critters to start running away from the heat, from those flames, and fumes from the smoke, and to come running right into their murderous beaks. I guess, though, in the animal world, this is smart, but when I'm being a good citizen because I'm following the rules of road and you just take your ass down the shoulder following the ambulance, so do a bunch of other assholes. Then, that just creates even more backup and hassle for everyone, including those three other emergency vehicles who now can't get by because of you. <laughs> you selfish asshole. Anyways, secretary birds look cool as fuck, and your car is a piece of shit. They have earned the right to eat those critters running from that fire. As for you, you're just making things worse. And since we're just fucking things up anyways... Scientific names are hard. I shall now attempt to read the Secretary Bird's scientific name. Sagittarius. Like, like, the, like the zodiac sign? Sagittarius. Serpentarius. Ah, I do remember the Serpentarius, that's the second part of the word, that is like serpent, like a snake, because these badass motherfuckers will eat snakes, even venomous ones. Yeah, they will grab it, and with their little beak, and then go smack, smack, smack on the ground, and they'll swallow down whole. Sagittarius, Serpentarius. I actually kind of like their scientific name, and I think I said it very, very well. You're welcome. As jealous as many of us get of those uh, thin, long-legged supermodels, they will never be as wondrous or as beautiful as their animal counterparts. I mean, give me a catwalk where the model's outfits are inspired by secretary birds and frilled neck lizards, and I might start getting more invested into fashion. For now, I will have to simply admire these wonderful animals from afar and wish that I was as elegant, cute, adorable, and sexy as them. If you think of any more sexy animals you want to learn about, head on over to our Instagram at WAF Podcast and leave me a message, as well as look at some of the images of the animals we talked about today. Then, when the show comes back after our break in July, I'll be sure to highlight some of those sexy kids for you. As for all of you, thanks so much for sticking around, and I can't wait to see you all in July. Until then, stay weird! <laughs>